I guess we have had about a two-week sabbatical of Kansas, but the Duke says enough is enough. How come we can't have more than one Christmas carol on per show? Because we're easing in. <laughs> we're still, we're, than, we're, we're 10 days away, man. Exactly. So how? So we'll start to dial it up okay. as the week progresses. After and then, today, we have seven shows left. Till Christmas. Right, because obviously 23-24 is Saturday, Sunday. We're off 25-26 and yes. sort of 27. Well, I'll be here, probably. Well, but you're just pressing buttons, right? Uh, yeah, well, isn't that, this, isn't that all I ever do? Yeah, I I, I'm the button guy. Yeah. Get the pork sausage fingers going <laughs> and rocking and rolling. But you did put together the snazzy intro for Are You In or Are You Out? Oh, let's hear it. <laughs> We had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. All right. Schlemmer says it's his favorite segment of Love his it. co-hosting two-hour segment. So... And, you know, here's the thing. Normally, uh, like, again, we get this piece of paper. The Duke hands it to us like a, this was a 10.02. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a lot of them are, this one barely made it on one sheet of paper because it's some lengthy points, counterpoints. Uh, there was also a formatting error, as you can oh. tell. I've got some blank, uh, some dead space up at the top. Okay. Just uh, they pressed enter a few many times when I was jumping down <laughs> a page from printing out the lineup. But yes, uh, I just, you know, I like to give as much context as I can, at least beforehand for you guys. Uh, since, Bonus. Since I appreciate appara- that. Since apparently... I'm, uh, I don't give enough heads up on the questions I'm going to uh, to phrase to you. So we'll start with the Edmonton Oilers who uh, rattled off their eight win in a row last night. Evan Bouchard, two more points, has run his streak to 12 games, currently sits third in the league in scoring by defensemen, uh, tied for second in goals. Uh, I'm saying that Evan Bouchard will finish in the top five of Norris Trophy voting this season. You want to go first, Schlemmer, or do you want me to go first? Uh, yeah, you go ahead. I, I will. I am in on this. I'm going to say he finishes in the top five as long as he can continue to play just the way he is defensively. You might say that that first goal of Connor Bedard, he snuck behind the defense. He wasn't totally aware. But, I mean, it's a world-class shot. A lot of the times, that's not even hitting the net, never mind picking the top corner. He comes yep. back, made a couple great passes last night. He was very good moving the puck. He's got 30 points. Nine behind Quinn Hughes, who will win the Norris Trophy. Uh, six behind Kale McCarr. I think there will be a lot of votes that, you know, like a guy like Victor Hedman's going to get his votes. Yep. Uh, that could be a problem for Bouchard getting in the top five, but I'm going to say yes, because if he continues putting, and again, they don't look at it like the best defensive defenseman. No, they, they you know, so you got to get 75, 80 points to even be in the conversation for the Norris. They don't, they're not handing it out to Rod Langway like they used to years ago. No, hundred percent. So I'm going to go, I am in that uh, Evan Bouchard is a top five Norris trophy voting candidate. All right. As tough as this is, I I have to agree with you. I'm in. 
that Evan Bouchard will finish in the top five of Norris Trophy voting. He doesn't have my vote. Uh, <laughs> he's sitting third in scoring. I mean, that that's huge. I think that all the people who whose vote counts in this, like you said, they look at the numbers a lot. Do I think he's even close to a top five D-man in the league? No. Nope. I think, like you said, mm-hmm. Victor Hedman's there every year. Um, Yossi. Yossi. You got Heiskanen. You got Darlene. You got the two young studs at the top mm-hmm. of the scoring race right now. So in my personal opinion, is he top five? Not even close. But I do believe that he will finish in the top five of voting. Oh, this is going to be a great one to revisit <laughs> come spring yeah. in June. The, the definition of the Norris Trophy, uh, for anybody that might not know the exact terminology, the top defense player who demonstrates throughout the season the greatest all-around ability in the position. And that, uh, I, I agree with you 100%, Schlemko, that I do think he'll probably get there just because of his offensive production. I mean, Eric Carlson has won the trophy twice. He is never going to be mistaken for Rod Langway. He's an okay defender because of how skilled he is and how good of a skater he is, etc. But I, I, I do not think that Evan Bouchard deserves to be based on his, once again, his all-around play. But as lo- And it's, it's kind of folding together what you two said. As long as he continues to be just okay and not look like he did for the first month of the season defensively, the offensive production will kind of catapult him up into the conversation, even if uh, I don't necessarily agree with it. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's kind of insanity we're even talking about this. Half it the is. fan base wanted him gone, <laughs> gone. two yes, weeks ago. Health, health bombed and <laughs> traded out of town, sent to the minors. Like it really is. Like again, two two and a half weeks ago, out. Yeah, get him out of he here. He was out. <laughs> Not even in the inning. No, he, he was, was out. Strictly out. Uh, announcement coming late last night uh, towards the end of the Oilers game that Craig Berube fired from the St. Louis Blues in the middle of a skid. Um, third head coach fired in the NHL this season. The NFL currently has had two head coaches axed. Uh, in their respective campaigns, uh, by the time they draw to conclusions, I'm saying there will be more head coaches fired in the NHL than in the NFL this year. Go ahead, Schlemmer. All right, I'll take this one first. Um Thanks to my NFL insider from the, uh, <laughs> the fantasy football show we got here. Um, I'm going to say I'm out. Uh, it sounds like there's uh, a lot more head coaches on the hot seat in the NFL maybe than there are in the NHL. So I think there's going to be more firings in football. So does Bill Belichick count as a firing? I once again, that's a tough one. We were, t- we were trying to uh, give some clarity on that in the break because mm-hmm. if you look across the NFL and you kind of automatically draw towards the bottom of the standings, and you think, okay, well, we've already had two. Is Brandon Staley almost a certainty at this point? I would think so. Matt Eberflus in Chicago, mm-hmm. I would think so. Uh, Ron Rivera, well, he's he's kind of in the same boat because I believe his contract expires. So will he technically be fired or will he just not be renewed? Will Bill Belichick just mutually part ways as reports are kind of saying uh, that was another thing buzzing around last night Schmitty and Falcons yeah Arthur Smith uh, Arthur Smith 100% um, like even even Sean McDermott with the Bills like if they cannot end up getting back into the playoffs like they're looking good right now but if they can't get there uh, is he a, is he a candidate mm-hmm. uh, Brian Dable with the Giants like there's quite a few guys in question but on the NHL side like it seems like DJ Smith the clock is just ticking yeah. Before Forever. he's like, so <laughs> I'm out. I'm going to say there will be more NFL guys by the end, as you say, by the end of the calendar 
2023-2024 season. I'll say more NFL guys. Very, very fair. Uh, Last night from the NBA, we don't uh, dip into this for this segment very often, but Draymond Green, his third ejection of the season after swatting uh, a Clippers player, or, or pardon me, uh, Suns. not a Clippers, Suns player in the head, uh, his third of the season. And I'm last time he did this after putting Rudy Gay in a headlock, he got a five-game <laughs> sussy. I'm saying that based off history, not off this lone act, but off history alone, his suspension should be in the neighborhood of 10 games this time. I am so in on this. I'm so sick of this guy already. <laughs> I hope he gets 15 games. Uh, I just love the quote from um, Yusuf Nurkic. What's going on with him? I don't know. Personally, I feel like that brother needs help. <laughs> like, again, just he has. I, I'm just tired of him. I'm tired of his shtick. Tired of what he represents. Just, I would go, I'm well over 10 games with this one. Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate, I guess. I'm going to say that I'm out on that one. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge basketball guy, so, I mean, any entertainment value for me is great. <laughs> I say keep him in there, let him do his thing. <laughs> Bring a little excitement to the game. They're playing music during the half the game anyways. <laughs> so you, you talked about Nurkic's uh, quote. Did you see the one from Draymond as well? Because he said, he's like, I won't, ad- I won't apologize or say sorry for something I mean to do, but I am <laughs> apologizing to Nurkic because I didn't mean to do that. Which, if you watch the replay, that is the most laughable thing I've ever heard. And because he went on to explain, he's like, yeah, that's how I try and draw fouls is like <laughs> swinging my arms around or something to try and like draw more attention to it. And he just swats them right in the ear. Yeah. I just. <laughs> and I, once again, like it, if this was an isolated incident, I don't think this is probably even worthy of an ejection. But because it's Draymond Green and he's already got the microscope on him. Yes, he gets kicked out. And I agree with you, Kevin. Like there should be like you have to deter this type of behavior from this guy because he's a lunatic out there. I, well, again, dude needs help. <laughs> Brother needs help. Is a headlock worthy of a five-game suspy, though? Oh. Once once again, because the league said that was based off prior history. Like, this is a guy who stomps on people, kicks them in the groin. Like, he's a nut. And he's a great player. Brother needs help. He's so important to Golden State success, like, on the defensive side of the ball. It's it's crazy. But, yeah, he... he needs to do a little bit of reevaluating, I think. So, uh, and how many times has he been suspended? Twelve, 18th time, eighteenth <laughs> time that he's been suspended. Yeah, that's a few. <laughs> <laughs> oh, moly! All righty, a fourth one for you guys. Colorado University, home of the Buffaloes, uh, now offering an elective class called Prime Time Public Performance and Leadership. Of course, being named after Buffs head coach Dion Sanders. This is crazy to me. What makes it crazier, and this is the, the point of the, the question, you cannot have a class named after you if you are not the one teaching it. I'll take this one first. <laughs> I am 100% in with you, Duke. <laughs> Colorado University, could they make any more money off of this Deion Sanders situation? Uh, like, just call it public performance and leadership. <laughs> I'm in. Ah, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm out on this one. Why not? Let's have pr- more prime, the better. No, I, I can't. I can't agree. Or I, I have to agree with you, Schlemmer. Ah, this is a guy, again, 
at the start of the year. I mean, holy cow. You think about, I believe it was Fox, not ESPN. Fox did their primetime for uh, Saturday morning kickoff. They did it for a kickoff that was at 6 p.m. Colorado time. But they're there at, well, I guess 8 a.m. our time, 10 a.m. Eastern. 10 a.m. Eastern, yeah. So they're there 12 hours before. Wow. And this this guy at the start of the year, but it's fallen off. I, I'm, I'm kind of sick of Prime. I've, him and Draymond Green can hang out together as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. If if he does not even so much as be like a guest lecturer in this class, <laughs> how can you name it? Like if it's supposed to be modeled after what he has done for public performance and leadership yes. and he's not involved whatsoever, how can you give it that name? You think he's not getting a cut off oh. of this? Well, and like he obviously had to give his okay. Like does he have primetime trademarked? Like maybe not because they got some great cigarettes under the same name, but <laughs> this. I think, you know, we got to revisit this at the end. Of the show at too. the end at the well, end of this at the, at the end of the semester we'll, we'll, well go even on, the end of the show we'll go on ratemyprof.com at uh, Colorado and see how they evaluate whoever <laughs> is in fact teaching primetime public performance and leadership yeah uh, all right last one for you guys uh, Andre Brower uh, passing away yesterday at the age of sixty one uh, multiple roles across uh, film and television probably most prominently and most recently his role as Captain Raymond Holt on Brooklyn Nine Nine a show that. I adore it. It is so well written. Uh, multiple time uh, Golden Globe nominated, and I believe winning as well for its writing. I, I'm saying that Brower's portrayal of Holt is the best comedic portrayal of a police officer in TV history. Jeff? <laughs> well, I, I got to have to start watching this show. I've never watched one episode. I, I, so I, I hate to say it. You said just, this. I'm going to send you just okay. one video that is okay. kind of like the highlight package of just this character. And after watching it, if you're not convinced to check it out, uh, I don't know what you're doing. See, I thought like Dennis Franz in Hill Street Blues was a funny guy. Now now we're going so far back. Dude's going, <laughs> I've never even heard of that. Oh, not you've never it. heard of Hill Street Blues? No. It's probably one of the top five stars. 10 television <laughs> shows. Maybe. No, probably top five or 10 television shows in the history of TV. Hill Street Blues. Okay. You're I'll, a, I'll take you're your word for it. Yourself here, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm out on this only because I haven't seen it, but I'm going to say my favorite comedic officer was Richard Mole. Look at both of you guys now again. No clue. <laughs> no clue. Find, find, me, find me a similar thing that okay. I'm going to send you and try and convince me. That, that could convince me to change my mind. On you said one. officers, so I said an officer of the court. Yeah. Richard Mull was bull in night court. Yeah. Okay, so again, both you guys are looking at me like you're <laughs> like I'm from another planet. All right, go well, ahead. I feel kind of like an idiot this whole question because I don't I don't watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I I can't even think of a good officer in TV history. So I'm going to trust you, Duke. I'll say in. I'll just go with you on this one. The only one that compares for me, and this is, I, I, I'm not a huge TV and movie guy. I watch what's usually popular at the, the during my time. I don't go back, back and watch a ton of older stuff. But And this is a, a very small role in the sitcom community, which I'm sure neither of you have probably seen either. There's a re- reoccurring like local town cop that appears like maybe once or twice a season. He is outlandishly funny but not enough of a role to to stand up to what uh, Brower did with Brooklyn Nine-Nine which once again such a good <laughs> such a good program I can't believe you haven't even seen an episode not Kevin. one I'll uh, take your word for it though but Duke let's be careful out there 
That's what they said when they had the roll call for Hill Street Blues every episode. Let's look careful out there. <laughs> Let's be careful out there. Well, that was, are you in or are you out? And uh, we gotta, we're up against, we got to pump the brakes here so we can get to uh, Joel Reedy. But we got a few things of this, of are you in or are you out, we can discuss after Joel Reedy. Uh, coming up, uh, LA Chargers uh, uh, beat writer from the Associated Press, Joel Reedy, uh, and our headliner of the day will guess with us to uh, talk about the Chargers and the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, uh, Thursday Night Football. That's coming up right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Let's uh, Welcome back to the big program. Time now for the uh, headliner of the day brought to you by Mr. Reuter. Uh, Mr. Reuter, they only employ the finest organic, grain-fed, free-range plumbers. Uh, for all your plumbing needs, go to mrreuter.com. CA as we welcome in Joel Reedy from the Associated Press, covers the LA Chargers. Uh, Joel, you're with Kevin Carius and former NHLer David Schlemko. Welcome to Sports 1440. Thanks for coming on. No problem. How are you guys doing? Well, we're, we're doing great up here. We're looking forward to, uh, I guess, how the playoffs shape up in the NFL. Unfortunately, I think tomorrow's game has no bearing on that anymore. But first of all, what can you tell us about what's going on with uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback with the Chargers? Had surgery on his uh, broken right index finger yesterday, was placed on injured reserve, so his season is done since the uh, minimum time on injured reserve is is uh, four weeks or four games, and there's four games remaining in the regular season. Easton Stick will get his first NFL start tomorrow night against the Raiders, and uh, at, at least one slight benefit, He's been here five years. Um, he knows the system. He's gone through the ups and downs a little bit, but also he played the second half and uh, part of the second quarter against Denver this uh, past Sunday. So quick turnaround, but at least he's got some uh, live regular regular season snaps under him before going into this. Yeah, he, he hasn't started a game, Joe, since he was at North Dakota. So what are you expecting from him in a starting role against uh, Vegas? If, if we base it on the fourth quarter of how he did against Denver, it, it, he might he might be pretty decent. Um, there was a one-touchdown dri- drive that he led um, long past to Quentin Johnson that had a good 60, 60 yards in the air on the pass and threw it right on the money, then connected for a 22-yard pass, pass to Johnston, and then uh, three plays later, Austin Eckler with the touchdown. He did, the, the one slight advantage he does have over Herbert is he's a little bit more adept on his feet and – a uh, little bit, a little bit uh, bigger body. So, if they wanted to do some run pass options with him, it, it is a possibility. Uh, the one bad thing out of Sunday was ball security. It seemed like every time he was pressured or hit, he uh, fumbled the ball. So that was a uh, major point of emphasis here the mm-hmm. past couple of days. So, Joe, sitting at a a five and eight record, your starting quarterback just had surgery. Maybe you talk about what the focus is for the Chargers. Maybe the rest of the year. Um, maybe some young guys. Are they going to get a maybe a little opportunity to show what they can do, or is it still kind of win mindset? I think it's still kind of a win mindset, at least for for this game with with Thursday night football. Um, because uh, both them and the Raiders are at five and eight at the moment. This is kind of a uh, battle to see who uh, 
who tries to avoid last place in the AFC West. Um, but you kind of look at the AFC as a whole, especially this uh, this past Sunday, with the exception of Cleveland, every other wild card contender lost. And, I mean, I don't think this team can win its, win its final four games and get to 9-8, get to and eight, but I thought that 10-7 and seven at worst would be the uh, final wild card spot in the uh, AFC. There might be a possibility now that maybe a uh, nine and eight team sneaks in there, but it's with the injuries that they've had, it's a, it's, it's going to be a uh, tough test right now. Yeah. Joel Reedy uh, associated press covers the uh, LA chargers, our guest on sports, 1440 tons of injuries and tons of guys banged up. And one of them includes uh, Austin Eckler, just, you know, if when you compare it to what he's been doing the last couple of years to what he's done this year, it's kind of like night and day. What have you seen from Eckler? I kind of think with this with this new offensive scheme too, it, 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 he's kind of you know still looking for his role. It used to be that uh, he was a pretty good checkdown target for uh, Justin Herbert. I mean, heck, he had a hundred and. <laughs> six receptions last year and he's even hardly part hardly a uh, part of the receiving game right now so I know he's frustrated and I think a lot of guys on the offense are frustrated too this was an offense that was expected to that was already in the top 10 that was supposed to take it to the next level and right now they're uh 17th and trending, you know, after six, seven straight years of being a top 10 offense in the NFL rankings to be near the bottom half is uh, not good right now. Now, I think mm-hmm. the injury to center Corey Lindsley has played a little bit of a role, but the running game looks worse than it has the past couple of years, and it was one of the, league, one of the league's worst. So, Joe, for a Chargers team under 500 in a you know big city like L.A., lots going on, lots of different sports. Um, how do the Chargers manage to stay relevant in a big market like that? Well, I, I do think that I, I would be extremely surprised if Brandon Staley comes back for mm-hmm. a fourth year. Um you have the franchise quarterback, but I think you have to you have to hit a major home run as far as a head coaching hire. The last three head coach hires have been first timers. I think with the with a group like this that is gonna be facing some key salary cap off season decisions. Um but also with the mixture of this team lineup, you you need a veteran head coach to come in, mm-hmm. and that has to be a that has to be a major focus during the uh, off season. Now, who they get and how that happens will remain to be seen. But if you want to stay relevant, you you've got to swing for defenses that way to start. Joe Reedy uh, covers the L.A. Chargers for the Associated Press. Uh, on that subject, Joe, is it totally outlandish after we hear everything that's going on in New England with Bill Belichick that his name doesn't surface uh, with the Chargers at some point, I guess, in the offseason? I think it's possible, but, but with one year left on the contract, I think it would, I think it would require a trade. To bring him back, I mean that's how Bill got from the uh, got from the Jets to the Patriots to begin with. Um, 
I mean, the Chargers do have some draft capital, so if you think it's worth a second or third round pick to bring Bill Belichick over, then I think the possibility is there. Now, the other thing, too, is that Bill or any name head coach is going to want to bring their own people in, especially at the GM position. But at the same token, too, if you if you fire Brandon Staley, I don't know how Tom Telesco gets the fourth head coaching hire since he hasn't won a division title since he's been named a general manager in 2013 and his overall tenure is under mm-hmm. 500. So I think besides the head coach, it, I think it would be a uh, front office clean out, too, and a total reset. Hmm. And what about assistant coaches then, too, as well? I mean, what have you made a guy like Kellen Moore? I think I think with the struggles of the Chargers offense, Kellen's stock has gone down a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, it's Now, what he can do with Easton Stick the remaining four weeks might put him back on the radar again. I think that Brandon Staley mentioned it yesterday, and it does carry certain relevance that the one the one thing that Kellen Moore did among many that he did well in Dallas was train backup quarterbacks to come in and play well. This is a four straight year that uh, his primary starter has, uh, that Moore's primary starter has gone down and a, and a backup has had to come in and play. Now he did a very good job developing Cooper Rush, so can he do the same thing with Easton Stick and get back there? Uh, anybody on the defense, it would be tough to uh, hit the market, but uh, I think another interesting name to watch might be special teams coach Ryan Fickett. This was a, this was a, uh, disaster of a special teams unit two years ago what Ficken has done they're now one of the top special teams units in the league uh, getting back to Easton Stick I mean you've seen so many quarterbacks this year that were you know backups that came in either with a quarterback being hurt or not performing well uh, Jake Browning's a great exception in, in uh, a great example in in Cincinnati can Easton Stick kind of follow down this road of all these backup quarterbacks that have come on this year and you know, have success down the stretch here. I think against I think against the Raiders, he can. Um, against other defenses down the line, who knows? I think the advantage for Easton coming in is that it's going to be on a Thursday night game. It's a mm-hmm. short turnaround. Um, now, it might be a detriment to him too, because mainly mainly the Chargers that done just walkthroughs and everything and. I think might have something close to a uh, usual practice today, but he can, I mean, he can surprise people. Uh, His arm strength has greatly improved from when he first got here. He certainly knows how to win and compete from being at North Dakota state, which is one of the top uh, FCS programs in the country. He won three national titles left as a winning, winningest quarterback in FCS history. So he does have a winning pedigree behind him. And you talk to the Chargers defensive players who face him, you know, three times every week because he was a scout team quarterback. They they like his athleticism and what he can do. So I wouldn't be surprised. Another thing, too, is four of the five Chargers wins have come against a team's primary backup quarterback. And it looks like Aiden O'Connell is going to get the uh, start for the Raiders again. And 
let us not forget that uh, Khalil Mack had six sacks against O'Connell uh, in a week four matchup. So I know we're talking a lot about the Chargers offense, but uh, defense has been playing decent lately. And uh, Khalil Mack gets a, a certain gleam in his eye when he faces his former team. Joe Reedy with us. Uh, one last one for you, Joe. So uh, it looks as if SoFi Stadium will play host to the Super Bowl in 2027. So still a ways off, but uh, just a fabulous building. And can you touch on, uh, you know, I guess we're way down the road here, but it should be quite an event. I mean, every Super Bowl is, but um, just how will, I guess, L.A. host an event like this when you look at all the visiting teams that come in to either play the Chargers or the Rams seem to be, you know, there's a 40-50-50 split, it seems, fans uh, as far as the home and away goes but just your thoughts on the i guess the super bowl and fans uh coming up in 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 four years i guess in la they did, they did a great job when they hosted it in uh 2022 mm-hmm. uh which i think was the first time in 30 years that the super bowl came back to la certainly a uh wide area there to do the uh corporate uh corporate stuff and and everything which uh everyone will like i think that in 2027 uh that'll be espn and abc's first super bowl which Mm. probably doesn't doesn't mean a lot because it's on ctv and cbc or tsn for you guys (laughs) up there but uh well maybe tsn because abc and espn will actually have it so um we still don't get uh, the commercials joe yeah we don't get the good ones (laughs) Yeah, but, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will be back in a uh, Super Bowl rotation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for corporate and stuff, it, it works out. They had the NFL honors at SoFi, too, in the uh, YouTube th- theater, which is attached to it. So it's a great venue. And now when you look at, you know, 2026 to 28 in Los Angeles, uh Hopefully there will be some sort of uh, World Cup games played there mm-hmm. uh, in 2026. Got the Super Bowl in 2027, and then uh, that little thing called the Olympics in 2028. Yeah. Hey, Joe, thanks for taking the time. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Chargers and Raiders, both teams 5-8. and eight. Uh, We'll see what shakes down. Appreciate you, your time today. No problem. Take care. That's thanks, Joe. Joe Reedy, Associated Press, covers the L.A. Chargers and our headliner of the day for... Mr. Rooter. There is a reason that they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, you can go to mrrooter.ca. Tons of texts coming in. We're going to get to a lot of them. A lot of them about Brooklyn 999. <laughs> Barney Miller. Barney Miller. Do you guys remember? No, you don't even remember. Oh, man. This is insane. <laughs> <sighs> We're back to wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show with David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Stay with us. See, again, I thought this could be Bob Marley and the Whalers, but it's who? Sean Kingston? Oh, yeah. So he's a new... He's, Not really. He's kind of uh, reggae-ish, though. Well, he's from Jamaica, so uh, like, yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's his thing, but he's a, he was like huge pop star. I don't think he's come with anything new in 10 years, maybe, or something. He actually mm-hmm. almost died i think in like a jet ski accident uh, at some point mm. in his life but all the best to sean kingston this holiday season duke this uh, text is the most important one kev this is your mum. i'm requesting that silent night be played last show before christmas so 
better figure that out. There we go. Tee it up, tee it up right. Friday uh, the 22nd. But I don't think, are we going to take out uh, Sonny James running back to Saskatoon then? That's the last Ooh, song. Yeah, my half- Sorry, Mom, you're well, out. I think I, <laughs> <laughs> how about second last break yeah. before? Uh, no, I think, uh, I think that Friday it'll probably be all Christmas music, I would think. Okay, probably, yeah. 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 And so then we're, then we're the having our, uh, our station Christmas party at Bubba Gump. Connor and I decided. <laughs> on what? On the, the Friday. Well, I'm gone though. Well, just you live five minutes down the road. Oh, no, I'm we're driving to Sasky. Oh wow. So, well, you'll miss out on Slemco. Oh, Slemco, so, so you're invited. Bubba Gump Friday the twenty second. <laughs> yeah. See you there. Okay. Well, I can, I'll, I can I'll spring it out the window right I'll now, spring so. for a shrimp cocktail for you and Connor. <laughs> you can share it out one of those martini glasses. Uh lot so anyway, we had the question in in or out uh, about the most the best comedic portrayal of an officer in TV history. This is after Andre Brauer passed away from uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So many, many people texting in. Barney Miller had the five most funny, funniest officers. So five. They, I, 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 this is just off the top of my head. The, the Abe Vigoda was in it. And then they had a guy, his stage name was Wojciechowski or something like that. But then Barney Miller was there too. Uh, they had oh Barney Miller was a fantastic show. Uh, that comes from Googie Walter says the same thing. Barney Miller, uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine was good until they went. Uh, oh well, I don't know. You can't say it on the radio. I guess I can. I started with it, but I guess we can't really get into that one. More or less, right? This texter not not a fan when they uh, yeah. started started to. But as a show about give cops, us your name too. A show about cops addressing some uh, maybe current mm-hmm. public perception issues about police. Uh, I see. Gerhardt says uh, Barney Miller again thirty, and I think we're talking about TV shows. Because there's so many. Uh, when I mentioned Hill Street Blues, mm-hmm. so many now in today's modern era with with Netflix and Prime, and I mean a lot of these ones have taken over as some of the best ever. Like if you think. Um, so like, you're, you're talking just network TV. Yeah, going back. I mean, well, Brooklyn is an NBC sitcom. That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, but uh, many, many Netflix and Prime and Apple. All there's been many, many that have probably vaulted over some of the greatest of all time. Yeah, that's fair. Um, again, hi Kevin. Any squad on the Barney Miller? Any of them were were funny. Straight men were funny. Da 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 da. Bull in Night Court was amazing. Comes from the Pillman. I can't think of one show I liked with a good cop in it. Well, like, what do you mean? Like, but most of them are serious ones, right? Look at all Chicago PD. Oh, there was, yeah. there was That's a, like, comedic, I think on the though. one night, yeah, there comedic was portrayal. a, what was it? There was a, I think an old uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Have you watched Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are good. And Larry David was dating the woman that worked for NBC or whatever, and she said, any show that has Chicago in it is a winner. Like, <laughs> Chicago PD, Chicago Fire, Chicago this, Chicago Yeah, that. there's a lot of them. Yeah. Kevlar says, Roscoe P. Coltrane. Do you know who that is? No. Nope. It was from the Dukes of Hazard. Ah. Bo and Luke Duke. Uh, the best part, time. at the very end of every Dukes of Hazard show, they would show the general going over a big ramp, and then the, the announcer would go, next week on the Dukes. Yeah. So we kind of pin that for how guys. Oh, Roscoe's at it. Those Duke boys are at it again. <laughs> the uh, the remake of like the movie Dukes of Hazard from like I think it was the mid two thousands. 
not very uh, popular among traditional Dukes of Hazards fans, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly Jessica Simpson's portrayal of Daisy Duke. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people like that because she's supposed to be a brunette, right? Yes. Yeah. <coughs> Sparky texts in and says TJ Hooker. Uh, William Shatner was a character. Um, that was the so when people see, I know what you're thinking. Just <laughs> that was the name of the police officer, T.J. Hooker. I've heard of that one actually. Okay. Uh, I don't. Uh, everybody loves Raymond. Well, we were, we started trying to get to the movie, the uh, police officers. Well, yeah, his yeah. his brother's a cop. Oh, and everybody oh, loves Raymond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that guy's Robert, name? Again? Robert Barone. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Fair. Uh, Cagney and Lacey. Tiger says, I like Cagney and Lacey because I had a crush on Lacey. (laughs) That's funny because uh, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, those are the names of one of the character's twin daughters. B says, I'll go with Axel Foley all day. That's but a movie. Let's get to a real question here, and this will be (laughs) directed towards our friend David Schlemko. All righty. Will Evan Bouchard ever be in an all-star game? Oh, that's a great question. Again, he's got the potential to be 100%. If he can clean up some of his mm-hmm. defensive woes, I think he's easily an all-star. The hard part of it is that when you have, okay, if you were going to, you're going to take Connor McDavid. Sure. You're taking Leon Bryson. I know where you're going with this. <laughs> you know, if you remember back in the 80s when there were, and the coaches picked a lot of the players, I mean, the Oilers had seven guys on the All-Star team. All right. You know, there was no room for anyone else. Now, when you're, when every team has to be represented, it's pretty tough. Fair. Pretty but tough. Who's to say Bouchard's always going to be an Oiler? Another one, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> How about this one for uh, comedic cops? Uh, actually, quite funny. Kevlar says, Jackie from Roseanne. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Uh, Gary says uh, again, Raymond's brother. He, that, that's a good choice. Good choice. I forgot that he was a police officer. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, funniest cop show has to be Reno Nine One One. Don't get that. Re- one. Reno Nine One One. That that is a. Reno. It started as like Reno. an internet like skit comedy show. I think it actually did get turned into an actual television program. But it it is very funny. I I think you would like it, Kevin. I think the humor mm-hmm. would be would be up your alley. But it's a little quirky. Rob says, Barney Miller took place entirely on one set. It could have easily been a stage play and would have worked just as well. It was a great show. Brooklyn Nine-Nine was its equal. Rob. Um, Hal, what's his name? The guy that played Barney Miller. Hal something. Anyway, I saw him in a play, and it was called Letters, uh, Love Letters, and he was writing, reading Love Letters. It was at the Citadel years and years ago. He was just unbelievable uh they sat on the on the stage and they just read letters to one another but they didn't know they were there okay so we're getting way out there today you, aren't we? you, don't, you don't really strike me as a big play guy oh <laughs> citadel duke went to the citadel citadel's great no man. I, i've never been to a show at the citadel oh. uh but i love i've been to the jube multiple times okay. I, I love going to to live i believe live you, theater production were you guys talking about a christmas carol uh, was so, somebody had texted yeah. in that a while ago. Hal Linden is the guy's name, by the way. Uh, I've been to, I've seen the Christmas Carol probably ten or twelve times. Could you be in it and like know your lines? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> as the uh, what Scrooge, Scrooge or what do you want? Uh, or do you want me to be 
the ghost of Christmas future. I I I like more about the the going to the Citadel or Jube for the stage presentation. Yeah, because that's the when you see all the stuff that the stage managers do, that's yeah. neat. That's you know the actors are great too. Actors and you know they put on a great show. But yeah, I like I like musicals yeah. uh, because I think that is like the top pinnacle of talent of an individual to be live acting and singing mm-hmm. all at the same time. Yeah, I, I think fair. it's I think it's the most incredible thing that any single person can accomplish. A lot of I don't want to sit through a musical, but I yeah. do agree with that take. <laughs> Man, you you've never been to Mamma Mia, Flemmer? <laughs> Holy, yeah, what a what a show. That's a I've great never show. been to Mamma Mia. Book of Mormon, that's a com- uh, comedic oh, musical. That's I went to Book of Mormon actually. So funny. It was unbelievable. That was so good. I went to Lion King on Broadway. Didn't, really? Didn't love that. Didn't How love many the, shows did you see on Broadway then? Just those two. Just two? When I was okay. in New Jersey, yeah. That to Book of Mormon was hilarious. So hmm. pretty offside. I don't think Mormons would like it too much. <laughs> no. Well, yeah. It's uh, it, if you're not familiar, Kev, it's written by the same guys that mm-hmm. write South Park. Yes. It's uh, it is very. It it speaks to reli- like religion as a whole, but they just use the Mormon faith kind of as the the uh, scapegoat for mm-hmm. it. I guess it it is beyond funny. I've seen it several times at the Jube. Well, I mean, everyone knows the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, right? Sure. Um, there was a band years ago, 25 years ago, called the Bourbon Tabernacle Choir. Phenomenal band. They had the horns and everything. Tabernacle. Eddie Cheddar says, good morning, KK and Schlemmer. Funny cops. Would Rockford Files also apply? Hal Linden was a professional clarinet player. Rockford Files, that was with James Garner. You wouldn't remember that one. I, it's almost like we got to bring Low Tide in here to get some... <laughs> I mean, he's I have to. Um, Walter says Columbo. Do you remember Peter Falk was Columbo? No. Joe from Family Guy. Okay. So super. There we go. There's one I know. Did you see Super Troopers? <laughs> super Troopers, the movie? Yeah. Unbelievable. A lot of people, Fargo the movie comes from Theo. But man, Super Troopers seems to be quite popular. Super on the Troopers. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay, Oilers uh, in action tomorrow against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay loses last night in Vancouver by a score of 4 1. Brock Besser's another hat trick for Besser. Feeling it. Feeling it. Calgary loses in overtime to Vegas. That's back to back. So Calgary goes into Colorado night before. Yeah. Had the 5 3 lead in the. Th- third period lose pissed it away yeah and then lose to vegas they get a point last night but calgary's floundering right now yeah i mean take away that third period against colorado it's not bad against those two teams but no uh, but they're you know the oilers are i've passed them in the standings yeah if you take out Arizona, which everyone everyone is taking out Arizona in the wild card, they're putting the Oilers in there. No respect for the Desert Dogs. None. Ever. Zero. Zero. Don't deserve any. Ever. Don't deserve any. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Could you imagine if, so you played four or five years there. Yeah. What would you have, if you were to say, because it it can't go on this long there to play in a 5,000 seat facility, can it? No. I th- I heard that they uh, they're building in Phoenix now. <laughs> this is like maybe the fifth announcement yeah. since I've played there of like the new building they're going to build. Well, I said they showed the video <laughs> of the desert part. So if they if they could do something in Phoenix, then this is a viable franchise. Oh yeah, they do well. Yeah, yeah. But in Glendale, 
didn't work. Brutal. It's the too West far, Valley. Too There's far. No, no money there. People don't want to drive 45 minutes to watch a hockey game on a Tuesday night. Even on the other side, if you live on the other side of Phoenix, it's an hour, right? If you were to go, well, more than an hour, right? Yeah, depending on traffic, it's brutal. I mean, uh, what's the main road there in the like the East-West Road? There's like a, the 101 loop yeah. that kind of goes. But it's just, and it's just, everyone's flying on there and there's what, six, seven lanes per side. It's it's massive. Some places, yeah. Yeah. But again, if, if they can't get that going in, in Arizona, and then you hear about, what's your take on Ted Leonsa saying, we're going to go to Virginia. They're going to move, get a whole new facility built there. Washington Council comes in and says, ah, we've got a couple, we've got a half bill to renovate here. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I liked playing in Washington always. It's cool to be mm-hmm. in D.C. and kind of the downtown there, and it's a cool atmosphere. So Tampa Bay tomorrow, Oilers looking for their ninth consecutive win. It's only happened twice in franchise history, if you can believe that. I saw that. One was last year. Yeah. At the end of the season in the spring. The other one was like 2001. Yeah, 22 years ago. Like that. Yeah, big game. It'll be a good test for them. Uh, just looking at the records today. Mm-hmm. Similar records, right? Similar, yeah. And if you look at yesterday's game, last night's game, with everyone talking about Connor McDavid and, and Connor Bedard, this probably has even... Okay, yes, Connor Bedard's 18, but Nikita Kucherov is playing the best hockey he's ever played. He's looking unbelievable out there. Leading the league in scoring. So you go right from a... McDavid Bedard matchup to a Kucherov McDavid matchup. What's your take on that one? I love watching Kucherov mm-hmm. personally. Um, he is just so much smarter than everybody else on the ice. It's almost like everything he touches turns to gold lately. But you watch him in the ozone, he is so smart. He just takes off to the high area, the quiet area in the ozone. He just gets lost. Everyone forgets about him and he just has this unbelievable knack for hitting that hole right at the perfect time and it's on and off his stick and bang, it's in the back of the net. Kucherov, 19 goals, 47 points. He's five points ahead of JT Miller. Uh, the Canucks having a, uh, that's a phenomenal season for He's JT having Miller. a great year too. Connor McDavid with his two points last night, 38 now, and he is one point back of four guys that have 39, Pasternak, Panarin, McKinnon, and Hughes. So very good chance by the end of tomorrow night that Connor McDavid's in the top three of NHL scoring when you think yep. he was 130th or whatever it was. Well, he is Connor McDavid, right? He's Connor McDavid, <laughs> and it's uh, sometimes... Do you think that we get desensitized watching him in the sense of you know like the pass he made to Ryan Nugent Hopkins yesterday gross yeah even like the Hyman pass was beautiful too on the power play but it's it's almost like if he doesn't score the goal like he scored against the Rangers that you know a couple years ago ah what's the big deal you know well we're getting spoiled right you're right you almost you half expect him to do something like that every game or two for 40 years we've been spoiled well minus a few years in between with all the players that have come through here right before like when Dougie Waite got here and by the time Messier left, so that four or five year span or whatever it is, probably four years, I guess, all the way through to what now what we're seeing right now, really lucky in Edmonton. Wow. Thanks to all our guests today, Derek Van Dees, Mark Spector, uh, Darcy Gobra, Irma Minor Hockey. We'll be keeping an eye on the two players from Irma, uh, Scott Ratzlaff and Jagger Ferguson. I'll be doing a lot more homework on the uh, World Juniors. You can, <laughs> Bob, no worries about that big guy. Uh, 
Brennan Menard here at Park Crusaders and our uh, game of the day for uh, our good friends, our really good friends at St. Albert Dodge. And uh, Joe Reedy, the Associated Press, covers the L.A. Chargers. And, of course, special thanks to our co-host on Wednesdays, David Schlemko, brought to you by Cougar Paint and Collision. Our family helping your family for over 40 years. You can check out cougarcollision.com. Schlemmer, thanks again. What's on the go today, tomorrow? What's You're going shopping. You Thank get, you, Kev. Go yep. get those earrings, I'm telling you. I am going to start and finish my Christmas shopping today, hopefully. How long is that going to take? Uh, hopefully... Like over under two and a half, three hours. I'm I'll take the over. I'm I'll take a, the over. I'm under. <laughs> you're, How you're, many presents are you getting, Schlemmer? Oh, I, but look, I just see the many. indecisiveness. You see it in his eyes. <laughs> he, he he looks indecisive. Two oh. and a half to three hours. What are you doing it in? How long do you, How long does it I, take you? So, I come in with a plan. Oh. So I already I already know exactly what I'm getting. I've done the research. I've found the location where it's in stock. Beauty of the internet, Kevin. Ever heard of it? No. And then I, uh, if, and so I, I don't order things online. I still come and buy most things in person, but I know where I'm going for it, exactly what I'm after. I just come in, buy it out the door because I, I do not care for, especially this time of year, this mall. Lineups. Thankfully, yeah. Schlemmer will be out there at a, a time of the day where it hasn't really started to get into full swing yet. But it's even by time. the time I leave this mall at around, you know, three o'clock, three thirty in the afternoon, it is a zoo in the parking lot. It's a zoo trying to get up and down the streets. I only live 10 minutes away. It takes me <laughs> twice as long. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. But you know what rattles me about the online stuff is I'll see something come up like when I'm on my phone, and then you can only order it online. Mm-hmm. You there are certain You can't things. find it in the mall. So Top of the hour, it's Fantasy Frenzy with... Former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delbert and Brandon Douglas at uh, 12 o'clock till 2, the lowdown with Alan Mitchell. 2 o'clock till 6, Jason Greger drives us home on Sports 1440 with the Jason Greger Show. If you can, check out the month of giving. Uh, some great, uh, great um, uh, auction items. We'll be having one tomorrow that we announce, including David Schlemko in on the business. I think we're going to do that tomorrow, Duke of the... Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I don't know you're asking me for it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no one tells me anything around here. Uh, but we'll we'll talk about that tomorrow. A great auction item coming up. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Appreciate all your texts and uh, your show interaction and being a part of the Kevin Carey Show in the morning. Uh, before the top of the hour and Fantasy Frenzy, we've got a Sports 1440 update with the Duke of Delburn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning at 7.